Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just the ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Man, this is a pretty boring show tonight. Three hours of Raw in the books, and it felt like every bit of three hours. It was one of those nights here tonight. It wasn't all bad. We had Edge in Ottawa. They were back in Canada tonight, just like they were this weekend. We had Edge challenging for the United States Championship. We were told the first time in 18 years that he has wrestled a match in Ottawa. Not to be confused with Ottawa, Illinois. Apparently is where Chelsea Green was stuck tonight. But we had Edge in the main event challenging Austin Theory for the U.S. title. Edge thought that he was done with the Judgment Day, and the Judgment Day, well, they're not done with him. Finn Balor costs him the championship in the main event. That feud is going to continue. They are going to be going to WrestleMania. Austin Theory dropping a John Cena reference. And we got some John Cena news because John Cena. Is coming to Raw live March 6th. They're going to be in Boston. They're going to be in Boston. Of all the places where John Cena would be, Boston would seem to make a lot of sense. And so we could see where that program is headed for WrestleMania. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. We had Sami Zayn, who failed in his objective at Elimination Chamber this weekend to beat Roman Reigns and win the Undisputed Championship. Showing up tonight in Ottawa, getting a very warm reception. They were very happy to see him calling out Kevin Owens. We got a face-to-face confrontation in the ring. He wanted to patch things up. He wanted to work with KL because together they can take down the bloodline. Kevin Owens said, I don't think so. He wanted nothing to do with this man, just like he said after Survivor Series. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to be around you. It's going to take a little bit of work for Kevin Owens to come around. I enjoyed the interaction between them and the ring. One of the things I actually enjoyed on the show tonight, we had Cody Rhodes. Very, very interested to see what reaction Cody would get coming out in Canada just 48 hours after Sami Zayn was screwed out of the championship. And shockingly, he didn't get booed. What happened? What happened? I thought we still had people who said that Cody Rhodes is going to be rejected, that Cody Rhodes is going to be booed in Canada. After what happened to Sami Zayn the other day. Actually, I think most people had common sense and they didn't actually think that. But there were some people who did. Those people are in the mud tonight because Cody Rhodes didn't exactly get the most enthusiastic response. But then again, that was kind of the story for most of the show tonight. It wasn't just a Cody thing. But Cody Rhodes came out and he got a perfectly fine reception in Canada. Uh, had another segment with Paul Heyman and this one was a miss. This one was nowhere close to as good. Uh, as their previous one. Becky Lynch made it clear that she wants to go after the women's tag team titles, and she's going to do so with Lita against Damage Control. We're not going to have to wait until WrestleMania. The match is going to take place on Raw next Monday night, which has me thinking that we are going to be getting a backdoor way into Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania after all. 
We'll talk about that. But the big news of the night. Oh, my goodness. The big news of the night. Brock Lesnar was not on this show. Bobby Lashley was. He he came later on. But Brock Lesnar was not on this show tonight. But MVP was. MVP was in the back, and MVP said that there was someone who wanted to issue a challenge to Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania, and it was not Bobby Lashley. It was Omos. Omos has challenged Brock Lesnar to a match at WrestleMania. (laughs) He said it. Actually, Omos didn't say anything. It was all MVP. But that's what MVP said. He, he challenged Brock Lesnar to show up on television next Monday to accept the challenge of Omos at WrestleMania. There's no way that we could get Brock Lesnar and Omos at WrestleMania. So I, I have a theory about what it is that we are going to get, and I sure hope I'm right. Because if I'm not right, and we are getting Brock Lesnar and Omos at WrestleMania, then we, we, we talk in the past about Vince McMahon and his uh, fascination with some of these freak show type matches, right? And so, some of the really like big, big man matches. And, uh, you know, Triple H now supposedly is, is running creative. And I would like to think that Triple H is a, a reasonably intelligent person. He's a reasonably smart guy. And uh, he could see, you know, it's almost like when you have two trains that are running on the same track and they're kind of coming in the same direction and you see them from afar and you wish you could do something to stop the collision. Triple H has the ability to stop the collision and uh, prevent catastrophe from happening at WrestleMania. Again, I have a theory about where this is going, but uh, when I heard that, (laughs) oh, oh my goodness, when I heard that, you should have seen the look on my face. The look, it was a combination of, of laughter and terror all at the same time. Almost like I had gone mad. Omos wants to go to WrestleMania. I'll bet Omos wants to go to WrestleMania. We barely see Omos on Raw every single week, which is for the better. I'll bet that Omos wants a spot on the WrestleMania card. But you're not going to get it. Not unless you're standing outside the ring for someone else's match. This is your Monday Night Raw review. For President's Day, Monday, February 20th. Raw opened with the man who went down at Elimination Chamber to Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn out to another long-standing ovation from the Canadian faithful. He thanked the crowd. He told them that you have no idea what that ovation means to him. He said that he feels a lot of guilt over what happened, like he let people down. People told him, finish the story, and he feels like he didn't. But after the reaction that he just got walking out here tonight, he realizes that the story is never over. But we are entering the final chapter. And the final chapter is not just about him. So, there's one person that he wants to talk to more than anyone else. And I thought he was going to call out Cody Rhodes. At first, that's who I thought he was calling out. But he called out Kevin Owens, who also got a very nice reaction. Another Canadian coming out here tonight. 
Owens came down to the ring, and Sammy says, look, I want to tell you thank you. He wants to say also, I'm sorry. But he knows that uh, they're probably past the point of words. Things have gotten very messy. He doesn't know if there's ever going to be any coming back from their past problems. But Owens has said from day one, the only thing that matters is taking down the bloodline. And he says, now I have a mission. I will not rest until Roman reigns and the bloodline come crumbling down. But here's the thing. He said, you couldn't do it alone. He says, I couldn't do it alone. But I do think that there's only one way to get it done, and that is if we do it together. And everybody cheered because, of course, they wanted to see these two come back together. Owen said that he doesn't need an apology. He doesn't need gratitude because what he did on Saturday had nothing to do with Sammy. He says he did it for his own family. His own family was there at the show. He says that they were all sitting in the front row. He did it for them. He did it for himself. He said he did it for Sammy's family. He did it for Sammy's wife and son who were also there at the show the other night. He did it for them so that they would not have to get the they would not have to watch Sammy get the hell beaten out of him the way that Kevin's family had to watch him get the shit kicked out of him at the Royal Rumble. He didn't want Sammy and his family to have to go through the same experience that he did with his family at the Rumble last month. And he said he's fine with fighting them alone. He still means everything that he said in November after Survivor Series when he said that he was done with Sammy. But, he said, hey, if you need help taking down the bloodline, just ask your buddy, Jay. And with that, Owens threw down his microphone, and he walked out. And everybody, of course, booed, because they wanted to see these two come together, and they didn't get it tonight. You know, for, you know, for, for a guy who acts uh, all high and mighty, as Kevin Owens does here, Let's not forget that this is a man who, on multiple occasions in the past, has betrayed his best friend. Right? Remember the Festival of Friendship? Which was actually a tremendous angle. But it goes back even further than that. You can take it all the way back to Sami Zayn in NXT, when Sami won the NXT Championship for the first time. And his best friend was there. That was the night Kevin Owens debuted, and he hugged his friend. And then what did he do? He turned on him. And he powerbombed him on the apron because he's an asshole. He's a jerk. And yet here he acts all high and mighty and disgusted at what Sami Zayn has been doing with the bloodline over the past few months. Uh, Anyway, I like it. I like uh, that Owens is going to make him work for it. I like, in hindsight, it would have been nice, you know, in Montreal at the end of the pay-per-view to get the big reunion. But they do have six weeks of television to fill. And there's no, there really is no rush. If they're going to announce a tag team title match, build to a tag team title match, them against the Usos, they've got plenty of t- television time left for them to get there. And so why give it all away at once? So they're going to make they're going to make you wait for it. But it was clear in this promo, he made it very clear that he took what happened at the Royal Rumble, which was a heavy angle, you know, that they did at the Rumble. He took that very personally. So it makes sense, you know, that Kevin Owens would not immediately want to extend his arms out Uh, and just be best friends with this man again, that he's got some issues that first need to be resolved uh, before he's willing to tag up with him or be friends with him again. It's interesting he brought up November, because if you think back to Survivor Series, it was Sami Zayn who cost Kevin Owens the win for his team in War Games. 
He had the match won. Remember, he gave Roman Reigns the stunner. And the referee started counting. And before the referee could count three, it was Sami Zayn who reached over and grabbed the referee's hand and stopped him from counting the three. Uh, And so he's got a lot of unresolved hate. But I like what they did here. It wasn't a a terribly long exchange. It was actually very brief. Uh, But I like what they did here. And uh, I love that last line, too. Ask your buddy Jay. You want help taking down the bloodline. I thought that was great. After the announcers ran down the card for tonight, they cut back to Sami Zayn, who was in the aisleway. And it looked like he was just sort of milling around like they were waiting for something. So you knew someone was coming out or, you know, there was going to be somebody making an entrance for the first match and maybe they were going to pass by each other. Something was about to happen. And as Sami is standing around waiting, sure enough, here comes Boren Corbin. And Boren Corbin comes running out and he attacks Sami Zayn from behind. And as soon as he attacks Sami Zayn, and I mean as soon as he attacks Sami Zayn, they immediately cut to a picture-in-picture break. (laughs) Because that's what you do. When Baron Corbin comes out, that is what you do. You go to commercial. You give people a chance to go ahead and grab a snack, stretch their legs, drain the snake. During the break, though, is one of the picture-in-pictures I actually paid attention to. They showed Corbin beating up Sammy. Sammy fought back briefly. Ultimately, though, Corbin put him down. Uh, Referees and agents ran out to help. When they came back live, Corbin was in the ring uh, with a microphone. He was pointing out again that he was the last man to pin Roman Reigns before this uh, entire reign of, uh, oh, some people call it the modern-day reign of terror. But this extended reign that Roman has gone on, the last pinfall loss he took was at TLC in 2019 to Baron Corbin. And so he loves reminding people of that. So he mentioned that again. They also mentioned that he had predicted that Sami Zayn would be beaten by Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. He told Sami that his story is over. You embarrassed your family. You embarrassed your hometown because you are a complete and utter failure. It's almost like he's projecting. Was he looking in the mirror when he said this? So he called him a complete and utter failure. Adam Pearce is out there now with Sammy and the rest of the officials on the stage. And Adam Pearce looks at Sammy and he gives him permission. Go ahead, hit the ring. You want to take this guy on? Go ahead. So Sammy comes down to the ring. He clotheslines Corbin out to the floor. Pearce uh, sent a referee down to the ring. He rang the bell to make the match official. So we got an impromptu match here to uh, kick things off. Sammy wrestled in jeans and sneakers with no shirt on, so you can see the the welts were still on his back from the chair shots and the beating he took at Elimination Chamber. Corbin put him down with a backbreaker before another picture-in-picture break. They just went to break! They just went to break! They're back 90 seconds. They go to another fucking commercial. They come back from the break. Sammy spikes him with a springboard DDT, got a near fall. Corbin went to the floor. Sammy caught him with a dive. Back inside, Corbin hit the deep six for a near fall. 30 seconds later, Baron Corbin clotheslined Sammy in the corner. He went to go charge into the opposite corner, did not realize that Sammy was following him in, and Sammy connected with the Haluva kick, and Sammy pinned him. So this is what they're using Corbin for. You know, he's jobber fodder on this show now. He, he's a guy they can throw out there 
You could just beat him, and it doesn't matter because nobody cares, and he's not involved in any story or anything like that. Not anymore, anyway. Uh, ever since JBL buried him a few weeks ago, I mean, he's been losing every week, right? He lost to Cody, now he lost to Sammy, and I assume this will be the pattern that's going to continue now for a while. Uh, so, to me, you know, that's fine. And it gave the fans in Ottawa the match with Sami Zayn, right? They got to see Sami Zayn wrestle. So I thought this was fun. We got a uh, sit-down interview with Byron Saxton interviewing Rhea Ripley, who had Dominic sitting with her. Byron wanted to ask her about Edge and Beth Phoenix. And, of course, they got the win over the Judgment Day the other night. Rhea really didn't want to talk about it. But Byron tried to press on. Byron would not let this go, like like, uh, like Ariel Helwani, trying to get the answers he wanted about CM Punk from Tony Khan, and Tony Khan wouldn't budge. Tony Khan said, I can't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. So he tried to press on here, and Dominic said, look, she doesn't want to talk about it. And he warned Byron that if you keep asking stupid questions, you're going to find out what I did to people who talk too much when I was locked up. You don't want to fuck with ex-con Dom. Byron switched topics to Charlotte Flair. How do you respond to Charlotte saying that three years ago she taught Rhea a lesson? She taught you a lesson. And this year she's going to put you in your place. Rhea said that right now I am the best bloody woman in WWE. John Moxley said, uh, did somebody say bloody? She said that the only lesson is that Rhea Ripley doesn't make the same mistake twice, and she is walking out of WrestleMania, the new SmackDown Women's Champion. From her lips to the wrestling gods above, let us hope, if Triple H has any good sense about him, that will be the outcome of WrestleMania. Byron asked Rhea what we can expect this Friday when she goes face-to-face with Charlotte on SmackDown. Rhea said, you'll have to tune in. (laughs) You'll have to just watch the show to find out. Dominic told Rhea that his uh, deadbeat dad has a match on SmackDown on Friday, so I think I'll tag along. And Rhea said, sure, you can come with me. You know, it is that time. they got to start building now to the match, the inevitable match between Rey and Dominic at WrestleMania. So uh, it does make sense the Judgment Day would venture on over to the blue brand and they would start the build to, uh, to that match. And that was the end of that. Not much to this, but I always enjoy when uh, Rhea and Dominic are on screen together. Still waiting to see, because supposedly Rhea, I don't know if Rhea and Dom, what a missed opportunity if Dom's not in it, but supposedly Rhea is going to be in one of these WrestleMania movie parodies. Uh, She's going to be, it's going to be like a Stranger Things parody. I think that's the one Rhea is connected to, so we didn't get any new ones tonight. They just re-aired the Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Batman, and Joker one from Elimination Chamber. But uh, keep an eye out for that. We might be seeing Rhea Ripley in Stranger Things very soon. We got highlights of Logan Paul costing Seth Rollins the United States Championship in the Elimination Chamber. And then Austin Theory at the press conference talked about his open challenge on Monday Night Raw. Edge and Beth came out later on in the press conference. Edge said, hey, I heard that kid talking about the open challenge. I think I'll accept. And that set the stage for... Uh, our main event later on in the show. Back live, Kathy Kelly was with the United States champion, Austin Theory, who said that he was still banged up, but here he is, just like always. He's the champ. He stepped into the chamber with five of the best in WWE, including Seth Rollins, who said that he was going to win it, and he put him down. He says what's bothering him, though, 
is the fact that even after all that, outlasting five men and retaining his championship in the Elimination Chamber. What is the big headline today? The big headline is John Cena is coming back to Raw in two weeks. He said, who cares about John Cena? He says, it should be about him being the here and now. Then he turned his attention to Edge, who he said he was going to beat here in crappy Canada. And as I said before, it was announced earlier this afternoon that John Cena is going to be appearing uh, live on Raw March 6th. This is not a taped segment or anything uh, via satellite. He'll be live in the building at the TD Garden Arena in Boston on March 6th. And we'll see what they do. Obviously, they'll be doing something with him in theory on that show. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we'll see. The only question really is, when we get to WrestleMania, will the United States Championship be on the line? I still don't think it's necessary. They may feel like it adds a little something to the match. And John Cena, certainly, you know, he's got a history with that United States title and doing open challenges. But as I said on the podcast, I just feel it makes the outcome a little less unpredictable. If there's no title on the line, you can make an argument for either one of them winning. Austin Theory should win the match. It's me booking the match. Austin Theory, the new guy, the up-and-comer, he goes over. Cena puts over kind of what they see as the next Cena. That's the way you do it. If the title is on the line, it makes it very unlikely that John Cena is going to win because John Cena is not going to be around. You know, to defend the title. I mean, I suppose it's possible he could block out his schedule to appear on Raw that Monday after Mania and then drop it there. But, and you know what? The more I think about that, I was giving that some thought during the show when I was thinking about this. If John Cena was available to be on the post-WrestleMania edition of Raw, I still am not enamored with the idea of Cena coming back. He does one match one time a year. And he beats Austin Theory. I still feel Austin Theory should win. But if, let's say, the title's on the line and Cena were to go over in that match, and he was going to defend his title in his own open challenge on Raw that Monday, it would be the perfect spot to debut a new big name. And there's been a lot of rumors going around about potential free agents coming to WWE. Uh, you know, what would you think about a scenario in which someone like Jay White, Switchblade Jay White, debuts on Raw after WrestleMania, beats John Cena, wins the U.S. title. That would be a hell of a statement to make in your debut. That would be a cool moment. But I still feel like this is a match that Austin Theory should go over. This is designed to get over the 
the new guy, the present, not the past. But if he's available and if he's going to be around, again, that would be a hell of a way to transition the belt to somebody else and get over somebody new who is debuting on the show that night. So I just put that out there as a uh, possibility. We had Dolph Ziggler one-on-one with Mustafa Ali. This is the feud that I'm sure very few of you have been paying attention to uh, because it's hard to really care about any of this stuff. Ali has come off as unbelievably annoying. Just just an annoying fucking guy who you want to see get his ass kicked. But Dolph Ziggler, it's hard to get excited about Dolph Ziggler because, my God, the guy's been around forever. They give him a little mini push every now and then. But by and large, he's just there to help make other people look good. And who could possibly care? You know these two are capable of going out there and having a very good wrestling match, but who could possibly care about this story? It's just not exciting. And this story, I mean, they've been shooting segments for YouTube and and stuff like that, but, I mean, it's it's kind of been on the back burner now for a few weeks. So then out of nowhere, tonight we get the match. Ziggler against Ali. Uh, I didn't think it was possible for this crowd to care any less about this than they did. They did not give a shit. Uh, Ziggler tried to win with the Famouser, but Ali countered out of it with a handstand, which was which was clever. It was a clever way out of it. And he grabbed a crucifix for the surprise three count. They were two minutes into the match. Which, look, you give these guys ten minutes, I'm sure they can go out there and have a very good match, but... I'm glad they went the two minutes because this this was a match that just sort of existed. It didn't really need to be on this show. So they went two minutes. Ali got the shock win. He celebrated like it was a huge deal, which considering how little television time he, he gets and when he does, he doesn't do much. It probably was. It probably was a shoot. He was very excited to get a win on this show. Uh, clearly, though, this program is going to continue. If they carry it on into WrestleMania, like I said, I don't know if they could get people to care enough about it. There's got to be some other element to this because you just have Ali who's been completely unlikable over the past couple of months. And Ziggler, who it's just hard to really care about anything they have him doing. Now, Kathy Kelly was backstage again, hoping to get a word with The Miz. And The Miz was making making out rather with Maris. His lovely bride. So while he was uh, making out with her, uh, she then presented him with a golden envelope for their anniversary. When he opened the envelope, he couldn't believe it was real. Whatever it was, whatever whatever was on there, whatever it said, he couldn't believe it. He said, this envelope made my dreams come true. This is even bigger, he said, than his half-court shot at the NBA All-Star Game, which Kathy Kelly pointed out did not count. And uh, that is true, by the way. That is legit. I don't know how many of you saw it. If not, uh, you could find it on the Twitter machine, I'm sure. There are clips of The Miz hitting this very impressive half-court shot. And everybody at the All-Star game was all freaking out and going crazy. And it didn't fucking count. Anyway, he wouldn't tell her what uh, the envelope said. uh, Because he said it needed to be broken by a world-renowned journalist. And I thought he was going to say Ariel Helwani. But instead he said himself. This is something so big that he has to break it himself next week on an episode of Ms. TV. Kathy also reminded him about his match tonight with Seth Rollins, and Ms. pointed out that his 
outstanding tutelage of Logan Paul. Even though they had their falling out, remember he brought Logan Paul into WWE. He said he takes great pride in the fact that his outstanding tutelage of Logan Paul ultimately led to Seth Rollins losing his bid to win the U.S. title at Elimination Chamber. Up next, we had the number one contender for the undisputed championship at WrestleMania, the winner of the Royal Rumble, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, out to the ring at the top of the 9 o'clock hour for a promo, no booze, no booze in Canada, no less, for a man who calls himself the American Nightmare. I always thought that was very uh, funny, how (laughs) Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan would always go to Canada and would just get a hero's welcome. He had nothing to do with Canada. He wasn't from Canada. He didn't have family in Canada. Uh, he may have told a story once about how he ran for prime minister and he would have won, but you know he, he lost by like three votes. I think that's one of the Hoganisms. Uh, either that or I made it up, kind of like what Hogan does. But every time Hogan would go to Canada, they would go nuts for him, right? Also WrestleMania six, uh, WrestleMania 18, when he would go on Raw, they'd give him a standing ovation. SmackDown, he'd get a standing ovation. And he was the real American. And I always thought that was just kind of funny to me. That, you know, the, the guy who would come out to a song that literally said, I am a real American, was cheered like he was a Canadian. And so Cody Rhodes comes out here, the American nightmare. No booze, although they were not very enthusiastic about him. Uh, they were not going crazy for him. They were not going crazy really for anybody tonight, unless you were Canadian. They went crazy for Sami Zayn, they went crazy for Kevin Owens, and they enjoyed seeing Edge. And uh, I guess they enjoyed seeing Lita. I guess Lita's not Canadian, but everybody loves Lita. So that was about it. But anyway, before Cody could speak, he was interrupted by the wise man, Paul Heyman, not in the arena like he was for their previous promo. Paul was up on the video wall. He had both belts over each shoulder, and he was wearing a neck brace because he did eat the stunner from Kevin Owens the other night. Cody asked him, uh, where are you? And Heyman told him, well, I'm in the back. And Cody said, well, if you're here, then that means you could come out here and talk to me face to face. Heyman said that he couldn't because he was attacked by Kevin Owens and he had to deal with the terrible Canadian healthcare system. If he was dealing with the terrible Canadian healthcare system, based on what people have told me, he wouldn't even have a neck brace right now. He'd be waiting six months before he even got one. Or so I'm told. I've never had to use the Canadian healthcare system. I'm sure it's a fine healthcare system. I I just remember Lance Storm once on uh, Twitter ranting about he needed some kind of procedure and it was going to take nine months. I think he said, fuck it, I'm just not going to have it done. But anyway, so he's uh, ranting and raving about that. He told Cody, man to man, you can't beat Roman Reigns. The fans booed. Heyman said that they can boo all they want. But he said, let's play uh, hypotheticals. Let's play hypotheticals and say that the gods are smiling down upon you, Cody Rhodes. Let's say that at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes beats the Tribal Chief to win the Undisputed Championship. Then, sir, what will your life be like? He said, have you ever heard the phrase indentured servitude? 
He said, that's not Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns has the wise man. But if Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns for these belts, you won't have Paul Heyman with you, will you, Cody Rhodes? Well, not unless Paul Heyman turns on Roman Reigns and uh, goes with Cody Rhodes. What a swerve that would be. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen, but if that did happen, then Cody Rhodes would have his own wise man. So then Paul said, let's do some math, which is probably a bad thing to do with, uh, you know, wrestling. It's a wrestling show. Nobody wants to do math. He said, let's do some math. 200 days a year on the road defending these titles. 40 to 50 days, he goes, let's take the higher number. 50 days a year doing charity appearances in red carpets. 30 days a year overseas promoting the WWE brand. He goes, now we're around 280 days or so. Another 20 days promoting all the big pay-per-views and some of the live events. He goes, what does that leave? About uh, 60 days or so at home. What did your brother Dustin say about your father, Dusty Rhodes, always being on the road and never being home? And even when he was home, he really wasn't. He says, is that the sacrifice you want to make? Heyman said Cody probably expected him to say something vile like how Roman Reigns would keep Cody's wife warm. Heyman said, I'm not going to do that. He noted that Roman Reigns is a happily married man, but I'm not. And I assure you, Cody Rhodes, that's when you're going to find out that your WrestleMania dreams are going to become your own personal nightmare. And Cody finally spoke. He said, damn. He goes, Roman's great. He goes, Roman Reigns is, is great. But I've seen this play before. Do not send this man again. We haven't come face to face yet, but we probably will very soon. And I will tell you now the same thing I'm going to tell you to your face. He said, you are the greatest WWE Universal Champion, the greatest champion in all of sports. But that doesn't change a damn thing. I have to finish the story. He says, I beat you. At WrestleMania. And with that, he dropped the microphone and they played his music. So this should, uh, it won't with everybody, but this should kill the narrative that after what happened to Sami Zayn being screwed by the bloodline at Elimination Chamber, uh, that Cody, people are going to turn on Cody. They're going to take it out on Cody. They're going to boo Cody. If he was ever going to get booed, it would have been tonight. 48 hours after Elimination Chamber, still in Canada. If it was going to happen, it would have happened tonight. And the people did not hold it against Cody. Like I said, they weren't overly exuberant for him either, the way they have been in some of these other places. But they cheered him. They were polite cheers. But uh, they did not take out their disappointment or their frustration with the Sami Zayn story on Cody Rhodes. Uh, This was, I thought this segment was, was pretty weak if we're being perfectly honest, especially compared to the segment we had a couple of weeks ago with uh, Cody and Heyman in the ring, which I thought was just a, a masterclass. This was not that. This was this was definitely not what we got from them a few weeks ago. Um, the way that I would describe it, honestly, it, it's... The segment we got from them a couple of weeks ago was like a fresh piece of pecan pie, right? Oh, it's so delicious, especially if, if it's a little warm... Oh, my goodness, there's nothing better. 
I had that over Thanksgiving. It was magnifique. Magni- <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to do the French uh, the French gimmick here. Magnifique. Magnifique. No, it's not. Magnificent. Right. Delicious. This was not a fresh piece of pecan pie. This was more like a half-eaten piece of pecan pie that you're popping into the microwave to try to defrost it. At the end of the day, pie is pie, and pie is really good, but fresh pie is always better. And that's how I would describe this. This was not a bad segment, but this was also kind of half-assed, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, Cody needs to go to SmackDown, whether it's this Friday or next Friday. One of these two weeks, Cody is going to have to go to SmackDown because if he waits for Roman Reigns to come to Monday Night Raw, he ain't ever going to see Roman in the six weeks between now and WrestleMania because we know Roman don't work Mondays. So Cody is going to have to go to SmackDown, and then we can get that first face-to-face between the two of them. And the sooner we get that face-to-face, the better, and then they can really start to uh, raise the temperature on this feud. Uh, they have less than six weeks now. T-minus six weeks to, you know, get people excited to see Cody Rhodes be the man to take down Roman Reigns. They've been so laser-focused on the uh, Sami Zayn story. Everything was building to, you know, that match in Montreal that now it's over. Sami has moved on to the next chapter of his story, which is going to be trying to convince Kevin Owens to help him take down the entire bloodline and whatever is going to happen with Jey Uso. That's tied into Sami as well. So now that's their own little kind of self-contained story. Cody's story is not with the Usos. It's not with Sami or KO. His story now, based on winning the Royal Rumble, is with the champion. and The champion is Roman Reigns. Now they could start to heat that story up. It didn't make any sense to heat it up too much three weeks ago, because that was Sammy's time. They were building to Sammy's match. Sammy's match is over. Sammy had his shot. Sammy is not getting another shot. Cody is getting the shot. So now is the time that they can start building this thing up, and I'm very curious to see how the fans take to it. But there's also something else that I'm very curious to see. Because if you'll notice, uh, in this promo, Paul Heyman made a comment about how, oh, you thought I was going to say something vile about how Roman Reigns is going to keep your wife warm when you're away on the road. And it made made me wonder if at some point in this build over these next few weeks, if we're going to get a Brandy Rhodes appearance on television, if Brandy Rhodes is going to show up one of these weeks on TV to put Paul Heyman in his place and cut a promo on Paul Heyman or start beating up Paul Heyman, Remember when Brandy Rhodes was going back and forth with Jade Cargill when she came out on, on Dynamite. This was back during those pandemic shows at Daly's Place. Remember, she came out. She was talking about open fight night or open. Was it open fight night or open? I'm thinking of Impact. Impact had that open fight night gimmick. Open mic night, right? She goes, it's, is it open mic night, bitch? I could see her coming out and cutting that same promo on Paul Heyman. I wouldn't put it past them to have Brandy pop up on the show. It's not like she hasn't been on WWE television before. In kind of a weird, twisted way, I I would kind of like to see that. (laughs) I don't know if it would be any good. And actually, I think it would be quite risky to put her on TV, just just as far as the reaction to Cody. Uh, But I think we may may get a Brandy appearance at some point. So anyway, we had uh, Asuka, the winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber match on Saturday 
one-on-one with Nikki Cross, one of the losers of the Elimination Chamber match. They rang the bell to start the match, and as soon as they rang the bell, then Bianca Belair's theme music played. And the Raw Women's Champion came skipping out to the ring like she's uh, AJ Lee or something. She's skipping out to the ring. She's twirling her braid around. She took a seat next to the announcer. She didn't do commentary, but she sat there to observe. She's scouting her challenger for WrestleMania. This was another match where the crowd was deathly quiet. Nikki Cross hit a reverse DDT on the apron, heading into a picture-in-picture break. And a little bit later on, Asuka won with her uh, arm breaker, this new arm breaker submission. You know, some people call it the Asuka Lock. It's not the Asuka Lock, though. I don't know why some people are calling it the Asuka Lock. Asuka Lock is the, uh, the chicken wing. This is different. This is a different kind of submission. So she won with that. Maybe this is the new Asuka Lock. Maybe, maybe, maybe they just decided to change the move. After the match, Bianca got into the ring. She had a face-to-face with Asuka. She held up her title. And both women very awkwardly pointed to the WrestleMania sign. They stood there, they looked up at the WrestleMania sign, and they pointed. Then all of a sudden, Asuka acted like she started choking. Is acting like she's choking, and then all of a sudden, this blue mist, this blue goo, is leaking out of her mouth, and she's smiling, and she's laughing, and Bianca has this very kind of weirded out, disturbed look on her face. Remember, the uh, the blue Asian mist is... The mist that puts uh, people to sleep. They must have misted this entire fucking crowd before this show started with the blue mist, based on how they were for the majority of the show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Kathy Kelly was backstage with Carmella. Asking Carmella now, if she's thought of a new game plan to try to get to WrestleMania. And Carmella said, no, it's only been 48 hours. Only 48 hours after the chamber. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. But she called out Asuka and said that she was going to deliver one hell of a receipt to Asuka for what she did to her at the chamber. They're going to have a match next week, by the way. Carmella walked away, and then Kathy caught sight of Seth Rollins walking And so she grabbed a quick word with him, and Rollins said that two times now, on two separate occasions, Logan Paul has ruined his WrestleMania plans. He wants to go on social media. He wants to call Seth a clown. Well, Logan, the joke's on you. He said Logan may not be very familiar with a certain side of him, 
but anybody who's ever gotten on his bad side knows that side all too well. He's going to find Logan Paul, and he's going to hurt Logan Paul. And the fans cheered in the background. But tonight, since Logan's not here, The Miz seems like a perfect surrogate for suffering, since he likes to take credit for all of Logan's success. He'll be more than happy to take out his frustrations on The Miz tonight. After the break, they show the end of the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match from Elimination Chamber. And Lesnar getting himself disqualified, lifting his leg and kicking Lashley in the dick. Well, really, I guess it would be it would be the dick in the balls, right? If you lift your leg up, you're just crushing everything that's in that whole region there. So he he really did a number on Lashley then with that with that. I no wonder Lashley looked all pissed off tonight. I would be too. Lashley, I'm surprised he wasn't speaking in a higher octave like my uh, <laughs> my, my my helium voice that I sometimes do here on the stream. I was half expecting Lashley to sound like that when he got, when he got on the microphone tonight. I thought maybe that uh, that's that's how he would sound. Brock Lesnar, you kicked me in the balls in Elimination Chamber. That's not funny. I don't find that funny, Brock. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get my revenge on you for kicking me in the ditch. You can't do that to me. But anyway, so we got highlights. We got highlights of what happened at the end of that match on Saturday. Back live, MVP was in the back. He said that, Brock Lesnar, you, sir, are a coward. said, you realize you couldn't escape Bobby Lashley's hurt lock, and so you got yourself disqualified. So then Omos, who we don't see on television every week, but he's there. And so Omos... stepped into camera frame and MVP said that Omos was issuing a challenge to Brock Lesnar for a match at WrestleMania. He said, show up next week, Brock, to accept in person if you have the intestinal fortitude. There's no way. There's no, there's no way that they are Seriously considering Brock Lesnar and Omos at WrestleMania. I just, I can't accept this. I'm all for Brock Lesnar not being in the main event for a change, right? He was in last year's WrestleMania main event. It wasn't very good, I didn't think. So you want to, you know, give him somebody else to work with, move him down the card a little bit. But this, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) This is ridiculous. This has to be a swerve. Triple H adding, he's adding some comedy to the show tonight. Some comedy relief from Triple H here on the show tonight. I would like to think, as I think about where this could be going, that this is MVP setting a trap. And not just MVP. MVP and a reunited Hurt business, which we've been talking about, and there's been teases of it, but there's not been that full reunion yet. And maybe they've been saving it. He's luring Brock Lesnar back to Raw next Monday to lower the boom with a reunited Hurt Business. I'm talking Bobby Lashley. I'm talking Cedric. I'm talking Shelton. I'm talking Omos. Because he'd probably be part of that group too, I guess. So I think they're luring Brock to Raw to give him a beatdown. And then Bray Wyatt will show up. Not that Brock needs to be saved. But... The lights will go out, the glitches and all that stuff. And Bray Wyatt will show up or Bray Wyatt will uh, 
him or and or Uncle Howdy will show up on Raw next Monday. And ultimately, that will get us to where I think we're going to end up, which is a triple threat match or WrestleMania. Because I, I don't see the WrestleMania match being Bobby Lashley and, and Bray Wyatt in a singles match. Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt in a singles match and Brock Lesnar against Omos. If you were ranking the different options and possibilities on what to do with all these men at WrestleMania, you had to rank them A, B, C, and D. That would be D. That would be at the bottom of the list. D for dumb. Even a triple threat match with Lesnar, Lashley, and Bray would be better than that. I'll be hoping for a triple threat if that's what they have in mind. That's where I think this is going. I will not even entertain the idea of Brock Lesnar and Omos at WrestleMania because, as I said, there are better options than that, like the one that I just laid out. And I like the idea of bringing the Hurt Business back together. That would be one way to do it. It's like Brock coming back to Raw and, like, you're trying to trap a a wild animal and you drop the net on top of them. That's kind of what I think is going on here. Let us hope. We had Seth Rollins against The Miz. Rollins hit Miz with a forearm to the back of the head, put him down with a stomp. The crowd chanted one more time. Rollins played to the crowd, hit a second curb stomp, but still did not go for the cover. And again, the crowd chanted one more time. Rollins set up for a third stomp. The referee, though, intervened, tried to talk him out of it. Seth shoved him out of the way. He delivered a third stomp. This was too much for the referee to handle. He called for the stoppage and awarded the match to Seth Rollins. Uh, This was more competitive, frankly, than it should have been. Which, you know, it's weird to say that because Miz is an established name. Miz is a former two-time WWE champion. The fucking guy is headlined WrestleMania. Not even CM Punk headlined WrestleMania. The Miz headlined WrestleMania before CM Punk did. But The Miz is largely a joke. Seth Rollins was screwed out of the United States Championship at Elimination Chamber. If anything, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't come out there more angry. So I thought this was more competitive than it should have been, especially coming out of what happened at the Chamber and getting screwed by Logan Paul. If I'm Seth Rollins, I I would have been a hell of a lot more pissed than that, a lot more aggressive. And this wouldn't have gone the 10 or 11 minutes that it did. It would have gone at least maybe half that. So that's what I thought of that match. Adam Pearce was in the back, and he had a conversation, a very pleasant conversation with Carmella. Thanked her for having a very positive attitude. He said that it was refreshing, and he was very happy, more than happy, to give her the match that she wanted next week against Asuka. So then, uh, as he was, she walked off, he got a phone call. And he looked at his phone, and he was like, eh. That's like me with most people who call me. Eh. So, he answers the call, he puts it on speakerphone, and it's Chelsea Green. And Chelsea Green wanted to know why she was sent to Ottawa, Illinois, instead of Ottawa, Canada. She wanted to know what uh, he was going to do to fix this. And he said, well, next week we'll be back in the States and everything will be fine. And then he hung up on her. And that was the end of that. We then had a ding dong hello segment with Bailey interviewing both of her fellow damage control members, the women's tag team champions, Dakota Kai and Eosky. Bailey said that it was family day in Canada. Is that a real thing, by the way? I've never heard of this before. We have any Canadians in the chat? Is family day? That's a that's a day? 
in Canada. We do have Grandparents Day. You know, we have, we have some nice days like that. And I know that there's a Canadian um, Thanksgiving and there's, you know, certain Canadian holidays, but uh, Family Day. You learn, you learn something new. What exactly does one do? Do you just hang out with your family? I mean, don't you do that every day? Or do all the Canadians actively try to avoid their families for the other 364 days? Maybe that's what it is, right? I know that would be me. I would actively try to avoid them for the rest of the year. And then we'd have the one day where we actually hang out, we have dinner, and then I go back into hibernation. So Bailey said that uh, it was family day, so she wanted to spend it with her family, Dakota Kai and Eoska. Dakota bragged about all the people they've beaten to keep their tag team titles. I tried to think of all the great teams they've beaten, and I couldn't come up with a single one. So I don't know who she was talking about. So then Becky Lynch interrupted and said the tag team titles have been collecting cobwebs. They have not been defended in a while. And Kai and Sky would not get to just coast into WrestleMania with those belts. She said that she was thinking that she wanted to win those tag team titles going into WrestleMania. And Bailey laughed and said, uh, who are you going to team with? You're going to team with your daughter, Rue? And at that point, Lita's music played. She came out to a nice reaction. One of the few who actually came out with a pretty decent reception on this show. Like I said, there were some people that the the crowd really liked and they were vocal for. uh, But this was hardly a crowd like what we had in Montreal on SmackDown last Friday. And I know they were very hot for Sammy, but that whole crowd all night long was just electric. Uh, Ottawa... Ottawa, Ottawa was no uh, Montreal. I'll, I'll say that much. Belita came out. Bailey told them both to enter through the door. She has that door on her set. The same door I thought that door was destroyed by uh, JC Jane on NXT a couple weeks ago when she threw Gigi Dolan into it. I guess they uh, installed a new door. So they came through the door. Bailey said that Lita doesn't even work here. And Bailey reminded the two of them that the last time they were in the ring, they tried to end each other. That was when they had that title match in Saudi Arabia. Lita said they're over it. It's in the past. It's old news. She said that her sights are set. Her sight was set on a fifth title run. She would have been a five-time champion had she beaten Becky Lynch. But if she can't win the title from Becky, she likes the idea of winning a championship with Becky. So this is an official challenge to a tag team title match. And Bailey said they haven't earned the right to challenge for those titles. Becky pointed out, well, Lita is a four-time women's champion and a WWE Hall of Famer. And she says, I'm a former champion, and I've headlined WrestleMania. I was the first woman to ever headline a WrestleMania. She suggested that uh, maybe you're just scared. And then all of a sudden, Bailey changed her tune, and she says, we accept. She accepted on, the, on behalf of the champion. Becky and Lita grabbed the uh, tag belts away from Dakota and Io. They posed with them before throwing the belts back at them, and they walked away. So we are going to get the match on Raw next week. This is not a WrestleMania match. It is official for next Monday. It will be Becky and Lita are going to be wrestling on Raw, challenging Dakota and Io. So I guess Dakota is cleared. She's going to be, I will see. We'll see how many bumps, if any, she takes, but she'll be part of that match next Monday. Had they waited and done this match at WrestleMania, you know, Bailey would have been the odd woman out. I mean, what, what's Bailey going to do? Be a manager? Going to be in their corner at WrestleMania? That wouldn't have made a lot of sense. 
Uh, I still think there's a, a better than 50% chance we end up with a six-person tag with Becky, Lita, and Trish. Trish at some point kind of joins with them. Then you have the perfect match, right? Three on three. You could do Becky, Trish, and Lita against Dakota, EO, and Bailey. So I still think that could end up being the WrestleMania match. But Becky and Lita going after the tag team titles. There, there either has to be some kind of disqualifications, you know, schmaz type finish. Because there's on, on no planet is Dakota Kai and EO Sky going to beat Becky Lynch and Lita in a television match. It's just not going to happen. So we may well end up with new tag team champions on Raw next Monday. There's a very good chance that those titles are going to change. And when I'm kind of looking ahead to WrestleMania, if you have Becky and Lita with the tag team titles, well, then what happens to WrestleMania? Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are now a team on SmackDown. In fact, they just had a tag team match on Friday night. So I'm looking at this going, well, we heard months ago that any plans for Becky and Ronda one-on-one were cast aside many, many months ago. And you can understand why, right? People were hot to see that match. That was four years ago. That's one of those situations where you gotta you gotta strike when there's some real interest in that. Becky was torching Ronda on social media every week, and she was still kind of at the peak of her uh, that whole run she had as the man when she was really in the thick of things. So they had a strike when the iron was hot with that. They didn't do it. They threw Charlotte Flair into the equation. It just wasn't the same. And then Becky, you know, Rhonda, I think, went away for a while. Becky got pregnant. She went away. Time just got away. It's four years later. And the interest just isn't there. You look at the run that Ronda Rousey just had. It's fucking terrible. She had a fucking terrible run as the SmackDown Women's Champion. And any interest that may have still been there on my part in seeing a big WrestleMania match with her and Becky Lynch went out the window. That was gone a long time ago. So I can understand them, or or even Becky maybe, not wanting to do the match with Ronda, but this could be a backdoor way to still get Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey without doing a singles match at WrestleMania, because you could do Becky and Lita against Ronda and Shayna, or you could do Becky and Lita against Ronda and Shayna and Damage Control and do a triple threat for the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. I still don't know what you do with Bayley if you do that, but... That is something that I think is a distinct possibility here. They could be backdooring their way into some version of Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey getting all these other people involved to give them spots on the WrestleMania card. We'll see next week. We won't have to wait very long. We'll see if they change the titles next week. This time of year, everybody is talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, except that most of those changes never actually happen, right? I've made New Year's resolutions in the past, too, that by Valentine's Day or the week after seem like a distant memory. Sometimes it's the smallest changes to your routine that tend to stick. In the same way, you don't need to break the bank to make a big purchase. Even the smallest things can make for a big change if it's something that you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. At the gym, I'm a music guy. I know some people are podcast people. Some people watch television shows on their phone. I'm a music guy. I can't get my heart rate up when I do cardio unless I've got my favorite music on blast. And that's where my Raycons are such a big part of my fitness routine. And Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. 
So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. And here's another cool thing about Raycon. They want to make sure that you feel great about what you're spending your money on. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. So you've got nothing to lose. I've got a pair of Raycon Everyday Earbuds. I love their custom gel tips. It's a very comfortable fit in my ear. Their noise isolation, which lets me block out outside noise, is great. And I love that I can get eight hours of playtime out of them on a single charge. There's a reason these things have over 50,000 five-star reviews. On the Meltzer scale, he'd probably give them six stars if they were used in the Tokyo Dome. So, ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash solomonster today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash solomonster to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash solomonster. And use the code solomonster at checkout to get yourself 15% off. Candice LeRae was being interviewed backstage by Byron Saxton. And Byron asked for an update on Johnny Gargano, who, of course, was one of the members of the U.S. title elimination chamber. He did not win. Candice said that uh, he was banged up during the match. Then she looked over and she spotted Nikki Cross and said, hold on a second. She ran to Nikki to stop Nikki. She said, stop. Just stop. She said, I want to know why you've been following me around. You've been stalking me now for weeks. And I need to know why. She goes, I have a big match on Raw next week against Piper Niven. I can't be thinking about you. I can't be worried about you. If you're going to pop up, what you're going to do, why? Why are you doing this? And Nikki leaned in and whispered something in Candace's ear. We couldn't hear what it was, but she whispered something. And then she ran away. And when Byron asked what Nikki said, Candace was very quick to betray this woman's confidence. <laughs> I was like, boy, you know, she whispered in your ear and told you something deeply personal. And then the first reporter who comes by and says, hey, what'd she say? And she just completely blabs. And she says, well, she told me that all of her friends are gone and she's all alone. And Candace had this kind of troubled look on her face and she said that she had to go. What is this, The Last of Us? All of her friends are gone? What happened to them? This is a job. This is not a social club. You don't, you're not there to be friends. You're there to work and then go home. But boy, you know, she didn't waste any time in, in revealing the substance of that uh, big secret that Nikki confided in her. Even The Undertaker in all these interviews when he's asked, what'd you say to Bray Wyatt at Raw 30? What'd you whisper in his ear at Raw 30? He's like, I'm not going to fucking tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell. There was one report going around about what he said, which was bullshit. It's not true. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you. If I wanted you to know, I would have I would have said it on the microphone so everybody could hear. So that was the end of that segment. I see uh got a message here from our boy, Nick. Uh, who was talking about, uh, according to Fightful, uh, Trish Stratus was at Raw tonight and was supposed to appear on TV, but left the arena before the Ding Dong Hello segment because there was a, quote, change of plan. So uh, I will uh, 
try to verify that if that did indeed come from Fightful. It was a little strange. You know, they had all these shows in Canada. I was surprised uh, that they would not have had uh, Trish make an appearance. Unless, of course, they're they're saving her for television in a few weeks to make the announcement of there being a uh, six-person tag. Then maybe they didn't want her to be on the show. But let's uh, take a look here. Yeah, I guess she was there and she left. Uh, we don't know why. Could have just been... Something came up, maybe with her family or something. Hopefully everything's okay, but yeah, I still think there's a chance we'll end up seeing Trish anyway. But uh, no Trish in Canada tonight. I still think Becky, Trish, and Lita against Damage Control makes the most sense. What you do with the tag team titles, though, is a question, because the tag titles belong to Damage Control. Ronda and Shayna are clearly being set up for a tag match at WrestleMania, so that sort of complicates things, which is why I said they could be setting up for a match also where Becky and Ronda are involved, uh, but you have all these other people as well. Chad Gable went one-on-one with Bronson Reed. This was another one in the win column for Bronson Reed, but I'll tell you what, they gave Chad Gable more offense than I thought they would. Uh, They gave him a lot here in this match at Elimination Chamber. Bronson Reed got pinned. He was the first one eliminated. But it took three super kicks, and then it took three finishing moves to put the big guy down. They protected him as best they could. It took all all of that ammunition to uh, to kill King Kong at Elimination Chamber. And then tonight he was back to his uh, winning ways. But it was nice to see Chad Gable put up a fight and not get squashed. This was not a squash. I would not. This was not a squash really in any sense of the word. Baron Corbin. We've seen him get squashed. Dolph Ziggler was squashed tonight more than uh, you could say Chad Gable was. And even that wasn't a squash. I don't even like squash. But anyway, he got uh, Bronson Reed up for a German suplex at one point. Reed went to the corner. He hit the turnbuckles, came uh, bouncing out of the corner, and Gable caught him and took him over with a German suplex, which was very impressive. Otis was outside the ring. He was in Gable's corner, and Otis was distracted by Maxine Dupree. Now, to be fair, I think a lot of us would be distracted by Maxine Dupree. Can't really blame Otis for that. So she was scouting him for her Maximum Male Mid-Carters group. She gave him her business card. Meanwhile, Gable was trying to get Otis's attention. He was yelling for Otis. He had his back turned to Bronson Reed, which is a no-no. And Bronson Reed... Caught him with an avalanche in the corner. Took him down with a power slam. Pulled him into the corner and went up for the Tsunami Splash. Squashed him like a bug. Pinned him. Bronson Reed picks up the win. This only lasted three minutes, but this was was good. This was really good for the time that it lasted. (laughs) Saying that out loud, if somebody's stumbling onto the stream. It only lasted three minutes, but I thought it was really good. It was. It was. It was short, but uh, it was good. Elias was in the ring. Rick Boogs was in the back watching on a screen. He was feverishly taking down notes. He said, who wants to walk with Elias at WrestleMania? He said, there's got to be somebody out there who wants to stand with the grandest performer of them all on the grandest stage. Bobby Lashley's music hit. He came out, 
Here comes the almighty. He's dressed in his gear. He's dressed to wrestle. He went and beat the hell out of Elias, put him down with the hurt lock. This wasn't a match. He just he put the hurt lock on him, and then he threw him aside, and then he grabbed the microphone. And Lashley said, Brock Lesnar, not Brock Lesnar, not Bray Wyatt, not Elias. He says, nobody is going to break the hurt lock. He says, if you disrespect me, I'm going to put you down. Not as big of a reaction as you would expect for Lashley, but again, that, that was kind of the story of the night with a lot of these people. Uh, but I think part of the problem also is that people may be a little confused about how they should take Lashley. Because Lashley was a babyface. He was the ass-kicking babyface. Up until the most recent build to the match with Brock Lesnar coming out of the Royal Rumble. And a lot of weeks he clearly was meant to either meant to be the heel or the fans took him as the heel between the two. They were cheering for, you know, Cowboy Brock, Farmer Brock. And he was acting very heelish and very full of himself and very conceited. But even at Elimination Chamber on Saturday, as somebody correctly pointed out to me, when Lashley came out, he was slapping hands with the fans. He wasn't really doing anything particularly heelish. Uh, same thing here when he came down to the ring. You know, he got cheered, but he was slapping hands with the fans, got in the ring, beat up Elias. I mean, if that doesn't make him a baby face, then I don't know what the fuck does. So what exactly is he supposed to be? I mean, he's still the ass kicker, but maybe some fans are confused about how they're supposed to respond to him. They're, they're not sure what he is. Is he a baby face? Is he a heel? So that also could be, you know, causing some confusion as far as how, uh, how to react to him. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Byron Saxton was in the back. He was about to interview the challenger for the United States Championship here in the main event. And, of course, that being Edge. And Edge said that he was happy the Judgment Day was behind him. <laughs> Oh, poor, poor, silly, silly, naive Edge. He said Beth Phoenix was already back home with their girls. He said, now I can focus on the goals that I set when I first came back. He mentioned Theory, you know, calling his U.S. title reign the forever reign. He warned Theory that nothing was forever, and he knew firsthand how quickly things could be taken away from. Edge couldn't wait to knock the duck face off of Theory's manscaped head. Edge said that his second WWE match ever was in Ottawa back in 1997. And he said he has not wrestled here in the city or city, province, province, right? No. Ottawa, Ontario would be the province, right? Ottawa would be the city. I don't know. 18 years. Whatever it is. 18 years it's been since he has wrestled a match in Ottawa. He plans to walk into WrestleMania as the United States champion. He said, never say never. Well, I'm going to say never. Because our main event was indeed Edge challenging Austin Theory for the United States championship. And before the match, uh, Kevin Patrick on commentary 
said that Edge won the U.S. title once before against Kurt Angle back in November of 2001 uh, when Austin Theory was only four years old. Just to put things in perspective here about how young Austin Theory is, he was four years old at the peak of the Alliance angle in 2001. I... um was thinking about that because I knew Edge held the U.S. title at one point. I, I was pretty sure it was during that invasion period. But I think it was still branded as the WCW United States Championship at that time. So uh, Edge would be the final, I mean, technically, Edge would be the final WCW U.S. champ, even though it really wasn't WCW anymore. But um, as far as it being branded the U.S. title, Edge would be the last WCW U.S. champ because it was right after that. I think it was at Survivor Series or coming out of Survivor Series. I believe they unified the Intercontinental and the U.S. titles as one Intercontinental title. And it was a couple of years before they brought the U.S. belt back as the WWE uh, U.S. belt. And I think Eddie Guerrero was the first uh, person to officially hold the WWE version of that belt. So, yeah, some of these title histories get a little murky there. But, uh, yeah, I believe Edge was the final WCW United States champion. And I still feel that. That WCW U.S. title design is still the best. The new one is not bad. The new one with the eagle and everything, I think it's a little it's a little big, but it looks nice. It's nicer than what they had before. But that WCW U.S. belt from uh, back in the 90s is still my favorite design. So Theory hit a rolling drop kick through the ropes. You know, he does that rolling into the ring into a drop kick move. Got two, which led to a break, commercial break. Theory tried a superplex after the break, but Edge dropped him and then hit a flying crossbody. Edge followed with a flapjack and the Edge-O-Matic. And Theory again tried the rolling dropkick into the ring, but Edge caught him and countered into a powerbomb for a near fall. Edge tried for the spear. Theory moved and he went face first. Edge did into the middle turnbuckle. Theory got a a monkey flip, and Edge landed perfectly on his feet. He stuck the landing here. It's not easy to do, to, like, land on your feet and not, like, stumble. And Edge now, I mean, look, Edge, Edge is, he's a lot older, okay? He's a lot older than we remember him being uh, before he went away for the nine years. He looks it, okay? He's looking his age these days. And so he can't necessarily do a lot of the same shit that he used to do or at the same speed. This was impressive, the way he stuck the landing like that. Edge got Theory in a crossface. Theory was able to maneuver himself, get his feet on the bottom rope for a break. Theory got a pin on Edge and put his feet on the ropes, but the referee caught him and stopped the count. Theory then got him up on his shoulders. He tried for the A-Town down. Edge countered out of it, hit the execution, covered him. Theory kicked out. So now Edge is slowly rising to his feet. And he's setting up in the corner for the spear. Finn Balor runs down to the ring, just, just like I predicted. I mean, everybody should have predicted this, because you knew that the feud with the Judgment Day was not over. Why would Finn Balor, after losing to Edge at Elimination Chamber, not come out and fuck him over in the main event? You should have seen this coming. So here comes Finn Balor down to the ring, and he jumps up on the apron. Edge knocks him off. Theory tried for a roll-up. Edge, though, countered it. He saw it coming in the back of his head. He turned around. He countered it into a roll-up of his own. 
Theory kicked out, and when he kicked out of the roll-up, the momentum sent Edge into the ropes. The referee wasn't looking because he was still looking over at the timekeeper going, no, no, two count only. Meanwhile, Balor gets a kick on Edge. He kicks him right in the side of the neck. And Edge stumbles backwards into the A-Town down. This time, the champion nails it, and he pins Edge to retain the United States Championship. And so the forever reign, the supposedly forever reign, uh, continues. You know, you had to know, going into Saturday, anybody with any common sense, put your personal feelings and your emotions aside. You had to know Sami Zayn was not leaving Montreal with the undisputed title. He was the hometown hero. He was coming in there with all that momentum, but you knew he wasn't going to beat Roman Reigns. And he didn't. But you should have expected that, right? You should have known there was going to be a lot of dejected fans that night and people who were very deflated when that match was over. So it wasn't really much of a surprise, but you did. You had a whole building full of people who were very dejected, right? So what did they do? They beat the hometown guy in the main event in Montreal on Saturday. And then 48 hours later, they come to Ottawa. They put the other big Canadian star in the main event, and they beat him too. The fucking balls on the people in this company. Vince McMahon, Triple H. One thing that has not changed. This company is all about heat. It is all about getting heat. With this company. This was no different. They beat the Canadian on Saturday. And they couldn't help themselves. They beat the Canadian again on Monday. So there you go. Uh, Balor then got back in the ring after the match was over. He put a beat down on Edge. He gave him two diving foot stomps off the top rope. They showed a replay of the finish. Then when they cut back live, Balor went back up for a third time. And he came off with a third foot stomp. And they very quickly... Uh, rushed off the air at that point for a their shitty Chrisley show was on immediately after Raw tonight. You know, if they're going to put Jailbirds on their network, then they should give Dominic a show. If they gave Dominic his own reality show, like him and Rhea, I would watch that. I would watch that over this Chrisley crap. Good main event. Uh, not great, but a good main event to close out what I thought was a very average episode of Monday Night Raw. It had some good parts to it. I enjoyed the opening stuff with Sammy and Kevin Owens. That that I enjoyed. Uh, I I look. I thought the main event was good, but I also really enjoyed as short as it was. I enjoyed the match with Bronson Reed and Chad Gable as well. And there were also a lot of boring moments, frankly, on this show. And this uh, crowd being lackluster for a lot of the stuff. It's one of those things. Like, uh, <laughs> what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do you blame the crowd for being? kind of dead for a lot of what was on this show? Or do you say, well, didn't have really much to cheer for, so you can understand why they were like that? I I don't know. I guess it depends on your perspective. But, uh, yeah, they didn't didn't necessarily give the people in Ottawa a whole lot to cheer about. For uh, for a three-hour show, I don't know that they uh, gave them enough. So this was a very, very average episode. uh, Just not very exciting. You know, now coming out of this, we'll have another five weeks between now and WrestleMania. They have time to really kind of ratchet up the interest in a lot of these uh, top matches on the show. But uh, tonight, one thing they did, they did move stories along for WrestleMania. Baby steps. 
but they did slowly start to move things along, which, you know, they need to be doing, but just not a very exciting show, I didn't think. Uh, next week on Raw, we have a whole bunch of matches already announced, which is very unlike them. Usually Raw, like today, I went to go check the lineup to put the preview together, and they had two things announced. That was it. Finally, at like uh, 7 o'clock at night, I saw that Seth Rollins was wrestling The Miz. I said, oh, joy. But next week, we have Dakota Kai and Io Sky defending their tag titles against Becky Lynch and Lita. We have Piper Niven one-on-one with Candice LeRae. Asuka is going to be wrestling Carmella. Miz TV, I guess Miz is going to reveal what the golden envelope is for. And uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is expected to be on Raw next week to respond. Omos's challenge to a match at WrestleMania. What? I'll tell you one thing. It'll be a very interesting review when Raw goes off the air next week, especially if we don't get the swerve that I'm expecting. But I'm expecting the swerve. So we'll see next Monday what they do. Here's the poll. Not a lot of very happy people watching this show. Only 42% thumbs up for Raw tonight. 38.6% thumbs in the middle and... Right on the nose, 19% thumbs down. So uh, go ahead and vote at Solomon. I think we had almost 4,000 votes in the Elimination Chamber poll. A lot of very vocal people who largely enjoyed the show on Saturday did not enjoy the show tonight. And frankly, I don't blame them. Not a very exciting three hours. I hope you enjoyed this review more than Raw. At least I can give you that. I can give you the gift, I I hope, of a better show than WWE did tonight. That's all I can do. All I can do is hope. We, uh, by the way, I I believe we did smash our likes goal. Yes, we did. Holy shit, did we? Wow. We're already up to uh, almost 500 likes. We only need five more. Who's going to be lucky number 500? Hit that thumbs up. Uh, We'll be doing Be the Booker a little bit later on. Right now, I'm going to go through your Super Chats. I thank you, everybody who sent one in. You guys are awesome. You guys rock. I can only hope that you guys enjoyed this review more than I enjoyed watching this television show. We begin with Luther Angel with the two bucks. Solomonster, will you train me to wrestle at Hog? Uh, you don't want me training to wrestle for any promotion. I'm I'm certain you can find somebody better than me. Joshua Edwards with the two bucks says, uh, "Homo sapiens, we have done it." Joshua, thank you again though for those uh, gifted memberships earlier. Lamar Smith with the 999. What's good? Says, I'm starting to see your point now about Cody and how adding Sammy would hurt him. I can admit that when I'm wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. Hey, look, we all get we all get it wrong sometimes, and it's nice to be able to say, you know what? I had it wrong. Look, when I did the podcast yesterday, what did I open with? When I talked about Elimination Chamber and the fallout from the pay-per-view, I said, with the benefit of being able to sleep on it, uh, <laughs> Not for a long time. I didn't get much sleep. But with that benefit of being able to sleep on it and watch it back in the morning, I said I think I was a little too harsh on what they did in the main event. 
you know, by not being so declarative with the Jey Uso stuff and having Jay turn or, you know, make his decision because now they can milk this story out and try to, you know, try to create some compelling television here with the storyline heading into WrestleMania. So, you know, I, I admit it. I was wrong about that. I was harsher than I felt that main event deserved to be. When you're wrong, you're wrong. It's nothing wrong with that. But yes, I've been saying this for how many weeks have I been saying this for? You make that main event a triple threat at WrestleMania, you're just you're sabotaging Cody. You've already invested in him. You made him the Royal Rumble winner. If you didn't want him in the main event, then why do you win the Royal Rumble? What's done is done. You can't unring that bell. You don't make a triple threat match because you're just you're you're throwing a monkey wrench into a story that you've been building now for months, which includes a tag team match. And I'm glad to see that they're not doing that because that would be the wrong move to make. Lamar says, is it me or are there more and more commercials every single week? No, it's not just you. It it, it feels that way, but it's not even, you know, more of them, but just the weird placing of them one right after the other. Again, that's a network thing. I don't think that's something WWE has any control over, but man, I mean, they got to get that shit in check. Just feels like it gets worse and worse every week. Uh, Azen with the 13 bucks. I like Cody and I think the Mania match will be decent. I just hope we're not sitting here three years from now saying what a missed opportunity Sammy and the Bloodline story was during the Mania 39 season. I don't think we will, but talk to me in three years, I guess, right? Hulkling 93 with the 10 bucks. I get theories of heel, but I'm getting Y2J undisputed champ vibes where he doesn't make the heel decisions himself. Instead, he just exists as champion and everybody else just feuds around him. Nick Grosso with the 999. Tell me they are not really going to do Omos and Lesnar at WrestleMania. That would be horrible. I would take Lesnar Wyatt over that any day of the week. Where are they going with the women's tag titles of WrestleMania? Well, we just talked about that during the review. I gave my thoughts on that. Thank you, Nick. Canyon Price. Greetings from a Texas Rangers superfan. What's going on, Canyon? Pitchers and catchers have reported... One of my favorite times of year. That means the baseball season is almost here. Pitchers and catchers have reported. The Mets are already beginning their championship season. They're in preparation. Gotta believe. Black Wolf. In 2014, Brock Lesnar became the greatest inspiration for me to lose weight. Believe in myself. Love him, but the idea of him wrestling Omos is awful. I agree. Black Wolf also says, I appreciate your perspective on Jey Uso being the true star of the story. I think they did the swerve at Elimination Chamber because maybe uh, he genuinely agrees with Sammy on Roman. Can't wait for WrestleMania. Yeah, that was the point that I made on the podcast for everybody who was just uh, crowing about how awful it was what they did at Elimination Chamber and Solomon's do you wrong and Blah, 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 you know. People think this is the Sami Zayn story. It's not. It's just not. It's not the Sami Zayn story. 
Uh, it is it is the Bloodline story, which has a lot of moving parts to it, but it, it's the Jey Uso story. Way more than it's the Sami Zayn story. Because the Jey Uso story goes all the way back to 2020. The Sami Zayn story with the Bloodline only started not even a year ago. Right, pretty well documented. It was last April when he had his first interaction with the group and it took off and he's been a very important part of the overall story and the fans have taken to it. But this is a Jey Uso story. And I think some people have uh, lost sight of that. Uh, Black Wolf also says, I will say though that Omos challenging Brock is like an enemy fighting for his rival's honor. Bad matchup, but I like the optics. Uh, Fire Panda, thank you for the super chat. Oofman Entertainment, Lesnar against Omos. There's your cinnamon toast crunch. Oh my god. You know, I forgot about that. It could be. Omos and Brock Lesnar in a cinnamon toast. Well, you know what? If it's a cinnamon toast crunch match, maybe there's no wrestling in Maybe it's just a long table in the ring and it's like a 60 second timer and the one who eats the most cinnamon toast crunch in the 60 seconds without, you know, vomiting it up wins the match. That would still be awful. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ADTR. Hey, what's going on? ADTR 210 with a $10 super chat. How about this scenario? Sammy gets a rematch against Roman on Raw or SmackDown. And then Jey Uso betrays Sammy and Owen saves him. That will set up the tag titles at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts? So you're suggesting that Sammy lose again. I mean, it gets you to the same place and it gives you a big match that you can promote on television. But, you know, again, they're they're in full promotion mode now for Cody Rhodes. So if you're still leaving out there the idea that this story with Sammy is going to linger for a few more weeks, I just feel like it eats into the build for Cody's match. I think they need to let it go. I think they need to let it go. You know, yes, Roman needed help, but he pinned him, he beat him, it's over. I I wouldn't go back to it. I think there are other ways that you can get there where Kevin Owens saves Sammy and they come back together. It's not a, it's not a terrible idea. I just feel like they have to be focused now on Cody. And if they're still, you know, looking to to get to another Roman and Sammy match, let's say in 2 weeks or 3 weeks because they have no pay-per-views in March, right? You could you could conceivably build this up as a big main event in the middle of March on on Fox, you know, on an episode of SmackDown and it would do big numbers. But I just don't I don't know how smart that is. I'm not totally against the idea, but I just, I don't know that it's something I would do. Uh, God of Seduction with the two bucks. Been a while since Reigns used the guillotine. I believe he beat Goldberg with the guillotine in Saudi Arabia. 
James Hall, that may have been the last time he used it. Uh, did he use it on Brock in the uh, the WrestleMania match that they had? He may have used it on Brock. James Hollins, buy or sell, Bray against Lesnar or Omos against Lesnar? Oh my God, it's this is... You're, you're giving me some, some terrible options here. Uh, Rizzo with the $10 Super Chat. I would like to see Brandy talk as well, but it can't be in one of those smart fan cities like Philly or New York. I think those fans would boo her and Cody. Well, that's why I said you got to be really careful. Because they've handled Cody very well so far, but the Brandy stuff can blow up in their face. So yeah, maybe maybe save Brandy for uh, Peoria, or uh, if they're going to be are they going to be in Corpses Christie at some point? Maybe maybe Corpses Christie. You, you could do something there. Rizzo also says, I think I got the blue mist the last two years of Raw. Also interested to see SmackDown on Friday and see how they explain Solo not being at the Elimination Chamber. Well, look, I mean, I had to be here. I had to do my live stream for you guys. I couldn't be there, so there you go. Uh, Boomerang, I just want to give a shout out to all of the Homo Sapiens in the chat. And he says, uh, rise up. It's like a cult. Drehund with the five bucks. If you could define each era with a single image, which ones would you use? For example, the Andre Hogan stare down for the golden era. Andre and Hogan, yeah, I mean, I mean that that's got to be the image. It wouldn't even necessarily be the stare down. For me, it would be the body slam. It would be Hogan slamming Andre. That is the defining image of, frankly, that's the defining image of the entire company. But that's the defining image of that era. But uh, if we're going if we're going by each individual era, I mean, the new generation era makes me think of Brett. At WrestleMania 10, being hoisted up on everybody's shoulders, celebrating with the championship. Uh, that kind of rang in the new generation era. The the attitude era would be anything with Austin and McMahon, pretty much. Uh, I like to think of the Zamboni incident, which is, is still one of my all-time favorite Raw segments. But you have everything in that segment. You've got Austin driving out, right, on the Zamboni, and he drove a lot of vehicles during that era, so... You get Austin in the big vehicle, leaping off of it, jumping into the ring and attacking Vince McMahon. And in the background is Undertaker and Kane. Like, it's all there. <laughs> like, The Rock is the only one missing from that image. Um, But, I, yeah, as far as the other eras, though, I mean, I, you know, I'd have to think about it. It's hard, too, because I, I, I want to say... Undertaker throwing mankind off the top of the hell in a cell would also define the attitude error, but how do you how do you define the attitude error with an image and not have something with Austin in? Austin, I mean he was the attitude error. There's a lot of images that I could think of that would define the attitude error. Casey is raw. Uh, I just found out that Hogan, Mr. Wonderful, Coco Beware, and Honky Tonk Man did a commercial for an unlicensed Nintendo NES game. Uh, did you know about it? I did not. I don't know what game it would have been for if not a wrestling game. So maybe you can fill me in. 
EJ Slam, for the record, Ottawa, Illinois is a quaint town. It's home to the beautiful Starved Rock State Park. I'm going there next week. I highly recommend it. Well, if you see Chelsea Green, tell her I said hi. Nick Grosso, according to Fightful, this is the uh, super chat I read before. He said that Trish was at Raw tonight, was supposed to appear on TV, but left the arena before the Ding Dong Hello segment because there was a change of plans. See, I, I'm going to venture a guess. I'm going to venture a guess that she heard that Omos challenged Brock Lesnar to a match at WrestleMania, and she was so thoroughly disgusted by this that she walked out of the building. I don't want people to report this like it's confirmed news. I'm just saying, I you know, I heard that. GCC 305. Uh, hey, Solomonster. Yes, Edge was the last WCW US champion, beating Test at Survivor Series to unify both titles. And here at work, listening to your show. Thank you. Thank you for confirming. I thought that's pretty much how it went down. But I I remembered that uh, Edge or uh, Test won. Didn't he win like an immunity battle royal on that same show? It must have been that same year. I think it was the year of the, the, uh, the Alliance Survivor Series. I think he won an immunity battle royal. Meanwhile, they fired him, I think, the year... Like a year or two later, he got fired. Uh, Abyssal Zones. Abyssal Zones with the $3 Super Chat. It was due to a clip on this very channel that I made a last-minute decision to attend the show in person. I wanted the chance to see Edge live. Well, that's very cool. What clip? I'd be curious what clip it was. Well, I hope you enjoy. I mean, look, I thought it was a good main event. And uh, I don't know how many of these Edge has left. He's been openly talking about wanting to retire soon in Canada somewhere. So I know he wants to have his last match in Toronto. Daniel Malcolm, the gift of Solomonster. Drink it in, man. That's right. The Mount Vernon kid Christopher Bennett got another name for us. We are the solo crew. That's not bad. I, I again, I prefer solo monsters. For all my little monsters here on this channel. Rizzo with the ten dollar super chat. Uh, prediction: WWE announces in Saudi that the or announces in Saudi the day before their next pay per view uh, over there that. Saudi now owns WWE. Them selling to Saudi makes the most sense, especially with Comcast allegedly out. I think Uncle Saudi has a very good chance of landing WWE. If Vince McMahon really wants nine... (laughs) Oh, it's Solo Bane. If Vince McMahon really wants $9 billion for the company, if anybody was going to give it to him, it would be Saudi Arabia. Aussie of Steel. 
with all or nothing that has happened with Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy, do you think there's an actual plan or storyline mapped out, or are they just winging it? I honestly can't tell anymore. No, I think they have something planned out. I think Bray and 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 whoever, whichever writers he's working with. Remember, they hired that guy, the uh, the horror horror writer they hired. I forgot his name. Uh, I think they have stuff planned out, and this is. This is the way they intend for it to be. I can't say that it's very good, but <laughs> hasn't really done much. The fuck has he done since he came back? But no, I think they have a plan, and this this is the plan. Uh, Sean B with the seven bucks. I was thinking, seeing as how both of them have similar presentations, who do you think has had a better career, Liv Morgan or Alexa Bliss? Uh oh, is Bliss fans still here? Well, Bliss fan would be very happy to hear me say uh, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, and it's not even close. I mean, Alexa Bliss has... I think Alexa Bliss was the first woman on the main roster to hold the Raw and the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think she became the first one to hold both. Not at the same time, but to hold both. So, she's held multiple championships on this show. And for an extended period of time, she was involved in one of the top stories in the company. She was on television every week. She was doing the Firefly Funhouse stuff. She was involved, you know, when Bray feuded with Randy Orton, she was involved in that whole thing. So, who's had the better career so far? Alexa Bliss. Uh, Daniel says, at least Omos doesn't have a title for Brock to take. There's still time between now and WrestleMania. He could still he could win the U.S. title. John Cena could cost Austin Theory the U.S. title, and Omos could win the U.S. belt. I wouldn't be assuming anything. Near Omos against Lesnar against Lashley against Goldberg. Lucrative contract on a pole. I don't know how lucrative Omos's contract is, but uh, I'm sure the other three make very good money. Uh, Rizzo with the 20 bucks. I don't feel as confident about Punk not wrestling in AEW as I did when Brawl Out happened, and now I don't feel confident Cody beats Roman. A lot of us were certain that Drew was beating Roman, and that didn't work out. I wasn't so sure about that. <laughs> now, you can tell, look, WWE has been very... They're, they're very committed to this. They're very committed to this. They beat Drew in Cardiff. They beat Sammy in Montreal. The only question is, are they determined to get Roman to a thousand days as champion? That's why I say I'm not as confident today as I'm not as confident sitting here and talking to you today as I was even three weeks ago coming out of the Royal Rumble that Cody is going to win the championships at WrestleMania. I still I still think he will, but I'm not nearly as confident as I was when he won the Rumble. We're never going to see another. We're never going to see another run of this company like the one Roman is on. I don't think ever again. So, whatever they have planned for him, like it's, we're, we're all watching it play out in real time. And and what the end goal is? Is it a thousand days? Is it is it fifteen hundred days? Is it WrestleMania forty? Is it WrestleMania thirty nine? I don't know. I don't know. How much how much longer can they uh, drag this out for? That's the question. Cody winning with a dusty finish 
or, or doing the dusty finish of all finishes with Cody at WrestleMania, that would be quite poetic, wouldn't it? Can you imagine a dusty finish in the main event of WrestleMania? Paul Heyman, 10 years ago, on episode 262 of The Sound Off, Sala Monster buried the shit out of Jake Hager for getting a DUI, as well as you buried Glenn Beck for his dumb comments about stupid wrestling people. Yeah, I was just burying a lot of really stupid fucking people back then, and they're still fucking stupid. So thank you, Paul Heyman. I still bury stupid people for the stupid shit they say, even today. That's something that you can always count on when it comes to the sound. If somebody says something stupid, I'm going to call them out for it. Casey is raw. I tweeted you the link of a YouTube video. It's under Max MaxiVision Hulk Hogan on YouTube. It's crazy. I'll have to check that out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Fire Panda. Says, uh, almost sapiens are not a cult. It is a way of life. Always remember, Omos will light the way, and all you have to do is let him be. Yeah, it's a cult. Zizu. Coming in with the uh, final super chat. There I am. There you go. Doing the Solomonster dance. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I was doing in that super chat. Why isn't WWE going private being considered more? I feel like that would be best for the fans, and keeping it in the family is not a bad option. <laughs> keeping it in the family is not a bad option for who? For who exactly? I feel like that's one of those things that could it could be good, and it could be very, very bad. Because then he doesn't have to answer to anybody. He doesn't have to answer to the SEC. He doesn't have to answer to the shareholders. He takes it private. He gets enough money to take this company private. He gets to stay in charge. He can do anything he wants. He can take over again. He can make whatever decisions he wants to make. Are you really prepared, Zizu, to sit there and tell me that that's the best possible scenario for WWE? I'm not so sure about that. Be careful what you wish for. Instead of pointing to the WrestleMania sign, he'll make all the wrestlers every year point to a, a, a giant sign with uh, his face on it, Vince McMahon's face on it. Anyway, thank you for uh, all of the enlightening super chats. The goal tonight was 450, right? 450 was the goal. Uh, for Be the Booker, we are over 500. And 50 likes. And so uh, keep hitting that like button. Get us to 600 and above. It helps the video out. So uh, I very much appreciate that. And uh, let's be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. We had a great night the other night. We went uh, three for three. We we booked some uh, some great matches. Was it Friday? Friday or Saturday? I don't even... They all run together for me now. But anyway, I'm hoping that we have some... 
good luck tonight like we had the other night for Be the Booker. And uh, we'll kick things off here with the men's match. And uh, we will begin with Boombox Brock. This may be my favorite version of Brock Lesnar. We had Brock Lesnar, the the uh, debuting baby, when I say baby face, I mean, he looked like a baby face when he first debuted. We had uh, Brock Lesnar, the beast who ended the Undertaker streak. We have Farmer Brock, right? A lot of Brocks. Boombox Brock may be my favorite. It'll be Boombox Brock taking on Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Yes. I'll take Brock Lesnar against Diesel over uh, Brock Lesnar and Omos. I'll take that, man. At least Diesel is a star. Diesel could work. You know, when he was in there with the right opponent, Diesel could work. His matches with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels proved. That uh, when he had his working boots on with the right person, he could work. Brock Lesnar and Diesel, that would have been a big match back in the day. Let's go for the women. Let's go for the ladies be the booker. We begin with the fabulous Moolah. Let's see who her opponent would be anyway. I've already given it the buzzer, but it will be uh, Fabulous Moolah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Good Lord. I thought it couldn't get any worse, and then I hit the button, and, uh, well, Fabulous Moolah and Rosa Mendez. What what level of hell? Jeez. All right, tag team. Let's, let's, let's wash the taste out of our mouths here. We begin with Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, the former NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Tag teams, well, they're a tag team no more. They just split up. They're not even a team anymore. I should probably take them out. Toxic Attraction going to be taking on the Rhodes Scholars. Cody Rhodes... And Damian Sandow. Not a good night. Brock Lesnar against Diesel, which could be a ma- which could have been a main event on any card. And we go from there to Fabulous Moolah against Rosa Mendez and Toxic Attraction against the Rhodes Scholars. Uh, you know how many tickets I would sell to that show? I'd have to I'd have to put Brock and Diesel just front and center on the poster and put the other matches like in little little fine print on the bottom. Maybe, maybe we'd sell a few hundred tickets. Uh, Doctor Dakota Scorpio, we could have gotten Brock against Nash in two thousand three. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been his physical prime was not two thousand three. Uh, that's post uh, quad tear, by the way. So his physical prime, I mean, he you know he could still he could still work. You know, it's not like uh, when they forced him into a ladder match in 2011 against Triple H. I don't know whose bright idea that was to put fucking Kevin Nash and his 18 knee surgeries in a fucking ladder match, which by the way is his last match ever for a uh, a major promotion. Anyway, it was a ladder match 
against Triple H. But uh, that that would not have been Prime Nash, though. 2003 was not Prime Nash. You could take, like, 95-96 Nash against 2002-2003 Brock. That would have been better. GCC 305. I don't know why, but I always thought that 1992 Sting against 2002 Edge would have always been a banger of a match. What say you? My tax return came, so here's five bucks. Thank you, GCC. Yeah, I think Sting and Edge, Prime Sting against Prime Edge would have been a, uh, a very good match. You know, again, I, one of the things that, uh, and the reasons we, we do the Be the Booker stuff, when I was growing up and I had, uh, I had a subscription at the time to WWF Magazine, and they used to have this fantasy warfare segment. It was always one of my favorite um, uh, columns in the magazine where they just did these fantasy matches. What would happen if Hulk Hogan wrestled Bret Hart? And what would happen if, you know, the Macho Man got into the ring with uh, so-and-so, whatever. And I always enjoyed that. I always enjoyed the fantasy warfare aspect, and it made me think, you know, what, what, how would that match have looked, you know? So Be the Booker, it's kind of like a more modern version of that. And uh, tonight, the fantasy turned into a nightmare with some of those uh, match pairs. But Sting and Edge, I think, would have been very good. Uh, one last look at the poll. Again, please vote at Salamonster. We got only 42% thumbs up for Raw tonight. This was not a great show. This is a very, very average, uh, very, very mid, I guess you would say, edition of Raw tonight. Hopefully, we will have a better episode of AEW Dynamite on Wednesday than we did last Wednesday, because I really did not like that show. And then I tried to watch Rampage on Friday, and I saw Kenny Omega and uh, AR Fox playing basketball, and I said, uh, peace out. So hopefully, we get a better episode of Dynamite this Wednesday. And, uh, of course, we have the SmackDown stream on Friday. So you have... Those streams to look forward to. And of course, if you missed it, episode 796 of The Sound Off is currently up right now on all the usual podcast platforms. We covered a lot of good shit on that episode, and we will be back with episode 797 next Sunday. I'm always here. I'm like the mailman. I always deliver. Even on holidays, I deliver more than the mailman does. I don't think we had mail today. Today was a federal holiday. I don't think there was mail, but you know who delivered? This guy. So anyway, be well, stay safe. I will uh, be back with you live on YouTube on Wednesday night. Thank you for all the Super Chats and all the channel memberships. You guys rock. I'll see you guys on Wednesday night. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>